0: You got the touch. You got
1: the power. Yeah! Welcome back to episode number eight, Halloween special, of the Bomb Squad. i host, Dog Slithoth. I already come pre-equipped with a Halloweeny name. And with us this week, at least for this part one of the Halloween special, is none other than Mr. Delicious. Hello
0: everyone, Mr. Delicious here. I will actually be going by the Brainiac in honor of our zombie motif. So you can just call me the Brainiac.
1: So do you get any trick-or-treaters where you live?
0: We do. We normally end up doing all the trick-or-treating ourselves. We take our our kids to the church and they do something called Trunk-or-Treat, where they have everyone kind of line up. And it's kind of a safer trick or treat, and they just open the backs of their cars, and the kids walk around the parking lot, and they just get tons of candy.
1: My mind goes so many places when I hear trunk or
0: treat. <laughs> I did the same. <laughs> well, you know, because okay. we went to Catholic school, so trunk or treats much different when you had priests in.
1: <laughs> Priest opens up the back of his car, <laughs> kid gets inside, <laughs> drives away. He's got
0: a bag of hosts and a bottle of cheese it, and you're ready to go. <laughs>
1: Awesome. (laughs) Well, this week, uh, we're going to be doing all horror all the time. This is the first episode of two that we're going to do at the Movie Bomb Squad, since there's just so many damn good Halloween movies out there. Uh, We'll open this up with a discussion of our top Halloween films if you want to be, you know, normal about it. And then we'll give you some alternative favorites if you want to watch the best of the worst leading up to Halloween. Films that none of your friends will ever want to sit through. But we'll probably thank you for it later. Mm. Mm-hmm. So what are you drinking tonight, Mr. Delicious?
0: Um, I'm, I'm having tea. <laughs> uh, and then also a very brain-like meal. I'm having ramen noodles, which look a lot like brains, really. They sure so, do. So, yeah, that's what I'm doing.
1: <laughs> <laughs> awesome. I am drinking a beer from the local Brevard Brewing Company, the little city where I live. I found out that they sell them in Growler's. So awesome. I can just buy a giant jug of beer for a cheap price. Perfect. Yeah, we'll need it for tonight. Um, the two films we're going to be dissecting, we'll give you one good one and we'll give you one bad one. The first good one is, is what is it, Mr. Delicious? It's Return of the Living Dead. Okay, okay. but you've seen, it, you've seen it multiple times, right? I
0: have. Yeah, it's in my actual personal collection. I've seen it probably around 15 times total.
1: Yeah. I had not actually seen it before. It's really good, and we'll get to that later. The second film we're going to review is something that I chose and forced Mr. Delicious to watch. I don't know if you'd seen it before, had you? I had, yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. But, yeah, it's Howling 2. Your sister is a werewolf.
0: <laughs>
1: Man, how can it go from, like, I don't know, part one, amazing, or not amazing, but good good werewolf film. Sure. Part two, god-awful. Oh, so bad. So good. Here's your list if you want to just be normal for Halloween. You know, your average schmoe. Shining is my number one favorite horror film. Uh, Kubrick, Nicholson, Shelley Duvall has this weird quality to her that she's not good in anything else that I've ever seen her in, uh, except for maybe Popeye. <laughs> and um, my second favorite horror film of all time um, is The Thing, John Carpenter, Kurt Russell. I have a fascination with Kurt Russell, as I've already discussed in our Escape from LA episode. Uh-huh. Alien, the initial one. Space horror, psychological horror. It's really... It's, it's got a slowness to it, a creepiness. I really enjoy Exorcist. Just to give you some different genres here, we got possession. We got zombies, or Chris would dispute this. Twenty eight days later, whatever. It works. They eat brains and shit. Sure, they eat. <laughs> yeah. They moan. Yeah. And shamble and run. Um, let the right one in. Love the vampire film. Do not mistake it for Let Me In, please. I saw The Devil, great Korean revenge flick. Super awesome. Evil Dead 2, if you want something a little campier, a little funnier. Still, it's got some scary moments to it, some grisly moments. It's really it's just a load of fun. Jacob's Ladder, great psychological thriller with Tim Robbins. And I ended off with Cube, another kind of psychological thriller. But also, it's I don't want to call it torture porn.
0: It's like a choose-your-own-adventure slash death.
1: <laughs> yes, it's like a choose-your-own-adventure film.
0: Yeah.
1: Let your children watch That's it. That's right except that your head gets sliced off with a laser beam sure. in the middle of the adventure.
0: <laughs> You've chosen unwisely.
1: You've chosen poorly. Yeah, so so what are you, some of your best films, Chris, that you want to talk about? Let's do the best well, first.
0: I actually kind of decided that I, I knew you'd go with best films. So rather than make us uh-huh. what I would assume would be a very similar list, and by the way, 8 out of 10 are dead on between your <laughs> list and mine, I went with some gems of films for the last 25 years or so that maybe people haven't seen, but I really enjoyed, that are really great. Um, awesome. Near Dark is a vampire film that's really not unlike any other vampire film you've ever seen. Seeing uh, Bill Paxson is just glorious in it. Hellraiser. Ooh, yeah. That's, uh, that's got to be at the top of the list. Just, you have to watch Hellraiser. Uh, Phantasm. Tall, oh, oh, yeah, I think awesome. Tall Man. Um, Audition, which I, I will tell people, get through the first 40 minutes, and you'll be rewarded for an incredible ending. Dog Soldiers and the Descent, same director. One does a very, very good job of psychological horror in terms of being in closed spaces, and then it turns into, you know, a cannibalistic fest. And uh, Dog Soldiers is one of the better werewolf movies to come out, since werewolf movies tend to be really
1: awful. Yeah, they do. Uh, session okay, 9, really? which ends yeah. up
0: being like a psychological thriller about people who are hired to clean out an old... Um, mental ward? Yeah, a mental ward. I Saw the Devil, foreign film. Yeah, Yeah. Very good. Uh, So those are just some of the ones I thought I'd just throw out there. Martyrs was also very good. Really disturbing, but it's really good. It was like I Spit on Your Grave. Got it. They kidnap her, and then they torture her as a child. Mm -hmm. And then she ends up finding, like, a friend who was also a victim of child abuse. And uh, she takes her friend with her on this, like, tour through, like, living hell. It's awesome.
1: Those are some great suggestions. Everyone listening to Movie Bone Squad should go ahead and check those films out. If you haven't watched them, please do. Uh, remember that we do like good movies also (laughs) sometimes but sometimes but for the purposes of this podcast i'm going to offer up a top 10 alternative list for all the movies i just mentioned we have shining shining is based in a hotel so setting is important i chose troll number one which doesn't get a lot of praise as being a great bad movie but it really is. Troll 2 really overshadows it. But Troll 1 takes place in an apartment building and it's it's a lot better movie than Troll 2 is in some respects but in other respects it is about a troll that somehow winds up actually like becoming a giant fungus monster that eats like an entire city block of New York or wherever it is that it's located. I can't remember. Mm -hmm. I don't know. It's just super bad. Dreamcatcher. Hands down. Stephen King... Does some things right. Greenlighting this piece of shit was not one of those things. (laughs) We've got Donnie Wahlberg, the most retarded of the Wahlbergs, actually being a retarded person in the film. I know I say a lot of people are retarded, but he really does have Down syndrome in this movie and somehow becomes the the hero. But, yeah, that should explain something to you. There's a lot of characters, and the Down syndrome guy is the one you root for. You hope everybody else dies. Alien? Replace it with John Saul's creature? John Saul's the author, I think. Although, I don't know if it's based on the book or not. Maybe it's not. I read the book when I was in high school. I don't think it is based on it.
0: I don't (laughs) don't think so.
1: (laughs) It's just a piece of shit about space creature. Um, Exorcist. If you like your exorcism horror, don't go check out things that are actually good, like the exorcism of Emily Rose. Go check out Constantine in which my favorite two-by-four of an actor, Keanu Reeves, (laughs) tries to save the souls of the damned by traveling to hell himself and doing martial arts against demons. (laughs) Should have taken the blue pill. (laughs) Absolutely. 28 Days Later, if you want to get your zombie on, uh, there's a couple suggestions I have. One is Rabbit Grannies. Pretty great movie. You get to see the only scene in history where a long four-foot-long fingernail chops a birthday cake in half. (laughs) (laughs) And also Redneck Zombies, which almost parallels Return of the Living Dead in that the military screws up, leaves a barrel somewhere, and somehow it infects an entire populace. Entire populace.
0: Unbelievable.
1: Vampire films. Let the right one in. If you don't want to watch a good one, check out Blood and Donuts about a vampire that falls in love with the owner of a bakery. The Vampire in this movie, it reminds me sort of of the main character of The Room, in that he is of, like, nondescript European descent. His accent is insane. Sounds like William Shatner crossed with, like, Dolph Lundgren. <laughs> I don't understand anything he's talking about. Half the movie is not even about vampires. It's just about baking cakes. I saw the devil. Revenge slick. Replace it with In Night Shyamalan's The Happening. Yeah. Where the Earth gets revenge on all the people. And Mark Wahlberg. we got a Wahlberg fest up in here. Uh, and
0: the people who paid money to see it.
1: <laughs> yes. And then Shyamalan gets revenge on everyone who criticized him. <laughs> <laughs> Almost killed them. Um, Evil Dead 2. Replace it with another hilarious horror film. Jack Frost. Except that this one... Not the Michael Keaton one. <laughs> that one is funny, too. Um, in a different way. This one is about a killer snowman that's infected by the blood of a guy that's going to be executed later. And comes to life. Has tons of great one-liners. Jacob's Ladder, psychological horror, replaced with Wicker Man. To see a man truly go insane. (laughs) Nobody does it better than Nick Cage himself. (laughs) The bees! I didn't burn! (laughs) I didn't burn! (laughs) And Cube. uh, Replace your torture porn with America's favorite series, Uh, saw any of them i don't like them. i don't like them at all i don't i especially didn't like saw Two. but i didn't even like saw one except for that carrie elwes was really like a pedophile which is something that we've touched on i think before yes in that movie he was the most terrifying thing and i was more afraid for the children than i was for anyone else that he tortured so there you go there's my top 10 worst films for halloween you want to have a spectacular marathon with friends and family.
0: Those are pretty fantastic. <laughs> I, I gotta tell you, um, those are that's a really great list. I've got uh, Jeepers Creepers. Ooh. Um, that one or the sequel? You can watch them. You can have a doubleheader, and it's a it, it's what I like to call an all night suckfest. Terrible, <laughs> terrible movie. Um, Blair Witch Two. Now, whether you liked Blair Witch or you uh. didn't. Blair Witch 2 said, you know what? We're not going to make a movie that has nothing to do with Blair Witch 1 or anything, and we're going to make it like a straight horror movie. It's terrible. Yeah, it was great. Uh, the Happening. We've already talked about it, but honestly, you, you can't go
1: wrong with it. Mark Wahlberg plays a science teacher. <laughs> How, like, out of place can he be?
0: Oh, there's that scene where that lady, and the lady's yelling at him, and he keeps going, no, ma'am, no, ma'am. And, like, he never raises his voice, no, ma'am, no, ma'am, no, ma'am. <laughs> The Day of the Dead remake is really, really bad. It stars Nick Cannon. That's all you really need to know. But I'll elaborate... Apparently, there's a virus that's released, and what happens is that you're a completely normal person with a bite, and your condition gets worse, but the minute you die, your whole body changes into a zombie. Literally, there's a transformation to a zombie, and you're able to do superhuman feats like run on top of walls like Spider-Man, <laughs> uh, practice capoeira, uh, all kinds of stuff. It's, it's frighteningly bad, and it's a waste of Ving Rhames. Um <laughs> Alone in the Dark... The Tara yeah. Reid Christian Slater creature movie.
1: <sighs> Christian Slater. You didn't think we'd have any Uey Bull movies in here, did oh, you? Oh, there it is.
0: That one holds a particular place in my heart because for a while in the 80s, I loved every Christian Slater movie that came out. Uh, <laughs> so, in any event, that's that one. And actually, a more recent one, which a lot of people thought was scary, I laughed, insidious.
1: I work with a lot of teenagers, and they all, like, go batshit insane for this movie. Listen, I've not seen it. I,
0: I thought it was comical. I thought there was one part that was kind of, like, scary. But when you get towards the end, it's so ridiculous. I, I think you'd laugh through it, to be honest.
1: I will. I'll definitely check it out. I hate Rose Byrne. I'll be right up mm. right up front with that. I hate her and everything she's in. Um, it is from the director of Saw. Oh, there we go. And also Fast and the Furious 7. So yeah, if
0: I could leave someone with an all-time awful awful horror movie, one that we should probably do sometime soon. It's called Manos, Hand of Fate. Yeah! Woo! Yeah! So, I recommend if you can find it, even if you can go
1: on YouTube and find scenes of it, watch it. Well, the great thing is, you can, I believe, I don't know if it's on Netflix yet, but it will be soon, because it is one of the most popular mystery science theaters of all time. Oh, yeah. Great,
0: great, bad horror movie.
1: Yeah. So there you go. Awesome. Awesome. So, coming up next, um, what we're going to do is we're going to go ahead and jump right on in, because we're going to have two episodes of Halloween to get through. So, we're going to jump right on into the first film for tonight, the good one, Return of the Living Dead. Chris, would you like to give that synopsis now?
0: Sure, absolutely. Return of the Living Dead was made in 1985, and it stars middle-aged family man Frank, who has a, a young teenage guy named Freddy, who has come in for his first day on the job at a medical supply warehouse. As they're walking along and talking about things, uh, Frank decides to tell Freddy, hey, do you remember that movie uh, Night of the Living Dead? It's actually real. We have the bodies, because apparently the government likes to use transportation, and they're (laughs) storing it, they're storing these bodies in containers in the uh, cellar of this medical supply warehouse. So Frank and uh, Freddy go down there. They open the lid to it. There is a glass casing. He sprays it and wipes it off so you can clearly see uh, the dead body, which becomes the Tar Man later on. Um, Oh, yeah. And he does something really nice and stupid and kicks it, and it releases chemicals into the air. These chemicals infect everything inside of the medical supply store. It all starts to come to life. Uh, They kill a cadaver um, and decide to burn it, which makes it worse because it releases into the air and acid rain falls onto a cemetery and these group of punkers that are waiting for Freddy to get off of work get trapped in this graveyard and everything starts coming to life and all 80s hell ensues. It is fast, it is furious, it's too fast, too furious. It is awesome. Totally tubular and radically rad.
1: See, I started watching it with the mindset of like, man, this is going to be a bad movie. I hadn't actually seen it before. So then when I started watching it, I'm like, well, I can't even take any notes on this thing because I don't want to make fun of it. It is actually really good. What's awesome about it is that it it does have a nice blend of comedy and horror. The horror comes from the fact that, like Chris said, it's fast and furious. There's never a moment where people are not screaming or running Mm -hmm. or beating things. These zombies are way worse than 28 Days Later zombies.
0: And they're indestructible. Like in, in every other zombie movie, you either disconnect the head or damage the brain stem, and they're dead. In this one, he puts an axe through the guy, thing's head, cuts his head off, and cuts his body parts apart, and it's still alive. These things cannot be killed by anything. Which, and they run, which makes it doubly scary.
1: And they manipulate things with their hands. Yes. Like, they're zombies that, like, open car doors. Yeah. Like, you're not even safe in your car anymore. They
0: set up a fulcrum and lever to pull a door off. They set up like that. Yes.
1: Yeah. They have mechanical knowledge. They, they're like engineers. They can
0: talk and communicate. Yeah. <laughs> These are like uber zombies, so.
1: Yeah, they are. First of all, this film on Rotten Tomatoes gets a score of 90%. It's rated R. It has a budget of $4 million, which it earns back in the first weekend it's released. Awesome. What's kind of neat about it is that it was released one day before George Romero's Day of the Dead. So the director or the writer of this film and George Romero used to work together, but then they split apart.
0: They were fighting over the use of Living Dead in the titles.
1: George Romero stuck with Of the Dead, so he has lots of Of the Dead movies, and this guy won Living Dead, which he went on. Uh, there's a lot of Living Dead films also, side by side. Yeah, they don't
0: get better, though. Just, just a warning to everyone, this is the one you stick with. Because <laughs> uh-huh. the last three are uh, made-for-TV sci-fi movies. They're pretty bad.
1: What are some of your favorite scenes?
0: Okay, my favorite scenes are uh, the beating of the dog. I'll explain that. As he's given a tour of the place, there are these models of dogs cut in half. That they use for veterinary schools is what he says. Well, when the gas gets released, it animates the dogs. And so these half of dogs in glass casings, it starts, like, whining like it's in pain. So he grabs a crutch and starts beating the dog, and the dog starts yelping like in pain. And it, just the absurdity of it, it made me laugh so hard. It always does. Uh, number two would be what I like to call the cemetery twerk.
1: Oh, yeah. That would be
0: where uh, Trash, yeah. one, of, one of the greatest names of all time, Trash gets naked in the graveyard and begins to dance on top of a headstone for no apparent reason. Got to love that. And it's, it's weird how such a, a pretty girl could end up being such a frightening zombie. Yes. <laughs> so those Absolutely. are those are two of my favorite scenes.
1: I love the scene leading up to where Trash dances around. She's sitting right next to Miguel Nunez, who before this film, I found out, was homeless. Yes. <laughs> that was his job, living on the street. <laughs> and he was plucked off the street. He,
0: he was in Lethal Weapon 3. He was in Scooby-Doo, the first one, the, uh, the, the live-action one. been like a like double Cross. That was the uh, Dennis Rodman Van Damme movie. Uh, he was in Black Dynamite as Mo Bitches oh he's in Street Fighter Street Fighter
1: yeah that's where I recognized him he was DJ yes he's been in a ton of stuff but this was his uh, debut so like he's sitting there with trash and trash is discussing like her worst fear or whatever which winds up being a bunch of old people rip her clothes off and start eating her body but the way she says it she almost sounds like nico's cage she's like a bunch of old people <laughs> eating my body oh i'm just ripping off her own clothes and so flesh. Right on and he's like okay cool she stays naked throughout the rest of the film. Yes, she does indeed. But a producer came in, saw that her unshaven lady parts were visible, and forced her to wear some kind of latex garb like, on the like bottom. A skin
0: tone thing, yeah.
1: Like a. Yeah. There you go. She's she's mostly naked, but and, she has a skin tone thing.
0: And Trash is played by, an, Her the actress's name is Lania Quigley, and if you were to go to her IMDb page, like, literally hundreds and hundreds of B-Horror movies this girl has been in. Uh, actually, wow. 124 credits to her name. Fantastic. Yeah, everything from the original Night of the Demons to the Night of the Demons remake. She's been around a long time.
1: I don't know, I just enjoyed the punkers in general. For one, it was 1985. This is something I've come to realize... Everything that we review is from 1985. That's right. Like, for the last four episodes, like, every film. How? I don't know. Whatever. Anyways, 1985, obviously, people were really afraid of people with boom boxes and spiky hair and <laughs> chains on. But, yeah, it's a gang of punkers. Man. And my one of my favorite scenes is when the lead punker, who winds up turning into a zombie later, spoiler alert, scuzz. he... Scuzz. He... Um... Gives this big speech. He's feeling imposed upon. (laughs) He's he's like, "You think this is a costume? This is a fucking way of life." Like just pointing at his outfit, and he's like, "I do everything for you guys, you know." Look at you, sure do, scuzz. You keep this group together, and also the zombie in the beginning, uh, the first one that attacks people inside the little medical warehouse. He comes out. He looks like he's just covered in latex. He's like a green man that's in, like, just skin. He's like skin man. Um, he's just got, like, an outfit. He looks like a crash test dummy. He does. Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> what I love about, like, this film is that there's a lot of little nuances to it. For instance, that creature, when if you notice when they're cutting off his head, as they're getting towards the vocal box, his screams start getting gurgled. <laughs> I always thought that was kind of a nice little touch, because he's, you know, he's not even yelling for brains. Like, he's yelling in pain. Like, he, the cadaver attacks him. He's just going, Oh <laughs> that's all he's doing about about the group of punks which i always loved about the group of punks it's such a mishmash of people because you've got scuzz and trash and they're clearly punk and then you've got suicide who's also punk but then you've got uh, chuck who's in like a suit and tie like he's got like a jacket on and a tie yeah, and then yeah. there's like tina who's like this cute little petite girl and then freddie looks like a hick like, wearing suspenders, and so I can't imagine all of these people grouped together, like, listening to the Ramones or something. I just, they're just awful, but it just just the whole group of dynamic, like, it's so, and then you've got a black guy who kind of looks like, dressed like a Jamaican, <laughs> but talks like he's from New York,
1: so. Well, they're just, like, stereotypes, basically. They're just, of like, these old people who wrote the movie or whatever, like, yeah, these are what kids look like these days, and for some reason, they all hang out together. Exactly, so. What are your favorite quotes?
0: Favorite quotes. All right. So, favorite quote is uh, towards the beginning when he's showing him the government box with uh, Tarman in it. And he goes, hell no. These are made by the U.S. Army Corps of Engineers. And then he hits the side of it and gas starts seeping out. Like, he's telling him how strong it is. And (laughs) the minute he kicks it, it falls apart.
1: He gives a lot of credit to the Army right there. But earlier on, he talks about how the Army lost the container in the first Mm -hmm. place. And the guy's like... You mean it's been here in the basement for 14 years, the new kid? Well, you know, the army, like, that's supposed to explain it. You know how the army does. You know.
0: I have two, I have two more favorite quotes. After they puncture in the brain doesn't kill him, and one of the guys goes, you mean the movie lied? <laughs> My, my all-time favorite quote, as in, like, this should be included in every movie, is actually they, they saw the uh, skeleton lady in half, and they've got her strapped down,
1: oh and she's freaking
0: out, and, you know, brains, brains. Spider goes, ah, 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 bust him in the damn head. He's got the, the pipe in his hand.
1: <laughs> they were so afraid of him swinging that pipe randomly throughout the film, they had to, like, replace it secretly with, like, a plastic pipe. <laughs> Because when he had the metal pipe, he was actually about to inflict damage upon all of the actors and actresses involved. That's awesome. (laughs) He was really into the role. He really was. That zombie that was on the table leads up to one of my favorite quotes, honestly. Um, I really enjoyed the conversation that they had with the zombie. Why do you eat brains, you know, conversation. You can hear me? Half corpse. Yes. Why do you eat people? Not people. Brains. Brains only? Yes. Why? The pain. What about the pain? The pain of being dead. It hurts to be dead? (laughs) I can feel myself rot. Eating brains, how does that make you feel? It makes the pain go away. I love it. Thank goodness that these zombies talk, man. Such good personalities out here. Oh,
0: I I don't want to miss this quote. I don't know if you've got it. The part where the zombie crawls into the ambulance, send more paramedics. These zombies are super smart. Yeah,
1: absolutely. They trap the police. They trap the paramedics.
0: (laughs) Multiple times with the paramedics. I want to take some time to talk about one of the most intriguing characters, Ernie. He runs a mortuary. He seems to be of German descent. There's a lot of Nazi stuff going on he's got posters in the background about certain things mm-hmm. in one of the offices you'll see a, a naked poster of vanessa williams uh, miss T- miss usa miss america ernie's such a uh, an interesting character because doesn't it seem to you like because he knows about what temperature the body burns he knows what part of the mm-hmm. body does not burn and it's just like wow they're really throwing a lot of uh, a lot of nazi stuff in here aren't they
1: when this movie was released on dvd which is its own story altogether because they had to fight, like fans fought to get this thing released on DVD. The director did a commentary, Dan O'Bannon, and he talked about, he said that Ernie was actually supposed to be like an escaped Nazi in hiding. Well, it showed. Also, the other character, the guy that owns the business or whatever, you need a medical supply and maybe the mortuary too, is named Bert. So you've got Bert and Ernie.
0: Oh, right, yeah.
1: (laughs) Director said that was unintentional. I don't know. There's
0: so much to love.
1: Yeah, there's tons of great trivia about this film. There's a, a poster inside the medical supply place. It's like one of those Seeing Eye posters. And if you have the Blu-ray, you're not watching it on YouTube because you can't tell on YouTube. But if you're watching it on Blu-ray, you can see what the poster actually says. It reads, Bert, the owner, is a slave driver and a cheap son of a bitch who is going bald too. Ha Ha ha.
0: I will tell you this, if you go to YouTube and you just look up Return of the Living Dead reunion Q&A, there's like a four-part thing where they take a bunch of the inter- the cast and they interview them and they talk about the experience of making it and everything and give like little nuances,
1: which was really cool. It's about an hour. Well, what this movie did, which I found out later, it was the very first movie that zombies ever ate brains in. Oh, there you go. It was also the very first movie where zombies communicated with one another. Yeah, these zombies are scary. I would not want to be in a zombie apocalypse if it meant fighting these things. Yeah, it's
0: one thing to, like, meander through rumbling zombies that just kind of walk, and basically you just go, don't fall, don't get grabbed, and don't get cornered. You'll be okay. These, right. you can't kill them, and they don't stop coming towards you,
1: so. Nope. Anyway. Yeah, there's no no walking dead tricks like, I'm going to cover myself in dog food, Christ. and they won't attack me because I smell funny. Nothing like that's going to work on these nope. zombies. What are you going to come down with on the rating? What's the rating on this
0: one? Well, this one has a pretty good rating. In terms of special effects, I give it 16 out of 20. It does a really good job. Specifically, the brain-eating was good. I like how they had the paraplegic guy, the guy with, like, nubs <laughs> for legs, and, like, that was really cool. Very really scary. Uh, plot gets a 10 out of 20. Acting, I think it's a 5 out of 20. Uh, what, yeah. what I noticed was when they're calm and quiet, they're actually pretty decent actors. When they have to scream, and there's a lot of screaming, it gets really yeah. over the top. Um, so it gets a 5 out of 20. Replay value, 19 out of 20. It's about as high as I, I've seen this numerous times. So uh, Lanyap Extras. Uh, on the DVD, which I own, there's a blooper reel. Gotta love a horror movie wow. that has a blooper reel. It's got a rocking soundtrack. So I'm going to go ahead and give that a nice 15 out of 20. It's going to get 65 out of 100.
1: Wow, yeah. nice. It's hard for me to rate, though. I'm so used to rating bad movies on this podcast, I don't even know how to rate a good movie anymore. I give it, for this behind-the-scenes piece of trivia, Casey, played by Jewel Shepard, who was supposed to play the part of Trash, but she didn't want to get naked anymore, had no idea what it meant to say, go choke a chicken. (laughs) So she has to tell one of the guys that's trying to come on to her, she says, go choke a chicken. Well, she didn't understand what it meant, and for some reason... I had no idea why it took this long. They did 45 takes of that one scene before she got it right. If you're the director, why don't you just tell her what good a chicken means or something instead of just leaving her in the dark and like, I don't know. That's amazing. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) So yeah, we'll give it points for that. Overall, I'm going to give this movie a 25. If I was rating good movies, I'd give it higher. But since I like rating bad movies... It doesn't meet the same scale. It's not, like, as bad as Highlander 2. It's not as bad as Street Fighter. It's really hard for me to judge it. Do you have a drinking game oh, for do. it? I didn't come up with any drinking games, so you
0: One drinking game was a little bit too much, because, honestly, within 20 minutes, you'll be shit-faced. <laughs> so, in lieu of just every time someone screams... Because if every time someone screamed you drank, you, you wouldn't last through this movie. But how about every time you hear a zombie yell, brains? Yeah. So that, I like that. yeah. And so get ready for multiple shots when they go back into the room with the lady trap, because she starts going, brains, 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 brains. So <laughs> make sure you're ready to power uh, through that one.
1: And now we're moving on. I could really get into hating this next film. Um, <laughs> I loved werewolf movies as a child. I used to rent things like Silver Bullet all the time. I don't know, just really enjoyed them. I loved The Howling as a, as a little boy, when my parents would let me rent those and stay up late and watch them. Howling 2, however, I did not see until much later, and thank God, because it's a special piece of work. It supposedly takes place right after the events of Howling 1, in which... The newscaster, Lady Karen, turns into a werewolf on live television. So then, in this film, her brother and her co-worker are going to the funeral. And Christopher Lee is Stephen Crossco, they, A cult hunter. He, he knows all about it. And he, he's like, oh, she's going to turn into a werewolf. And then, I've got to put her down. So he's, he's hanging around. There's a bunch of weird werewolves that are hanging around. It's in L.A. And so they basically... Long story short, they go on a quest to kill this one arch werewolf who goes by the name Sturba. <laughs> so, Howling Two in the U.S. was called "Your Sister Is a Werewolf," but in England it was called Sturba She Bitch. <laughs> That's awesome. No, I'm sorry, it was called Howling Two Sturba. Werewolf bitch. Oh, that's awesome. (laughs) And that was only one of one of four titles. It actually had two other titles in different places in the world. This movie had four different posters. It got fourteen percent on Rotten Tomatoes. It was widely panned and and for good reason. And Sturba Man, she's got magic. She's like a magic werewolf. She casts lightning bolts and shit. So they gotta they gotta pull out all the stops. What what did you think about this movie?
0: Like you, I love werewolf movies. <laughs> I always did enjoy The Howling. I saw this movie probably shortly after it came out. I never saw it in the theaters, but I do remember seeing it in HBO or Cinemax or one of those uh, when I was a kid and I I always hated it. From the beginning, the only reason I watched it, honestly, was for Sybil Danning who plays Sturba. She's beyond hot and her boobs are everywhere. But yeah, she's not just a werewolf. She's an immortal werewolf queen and so they go to Transylvania, but they don't go to the right country because Transylvania, ugh, I can't remember where they go but transylvania is not where they go (laughs) because they go to the balkans it tries to be like the first one it takes off from there and then nothing else makes sense from there there's a lot of furry sex
1: but here's the differences between part one and part two that really struck me part one one of the things about werewolf movies that everybody comes to is like how good are the transformation scenes so in things like american werewolf and london and Howling 1, you've got these amazing transformation sequences that are done with old effects. Um, you know, really show them going from human to wolf. Mm-hmm. In this film, it's so cheap, it never, ever shows those scenes. The only thing it shows is it shows a human person, and then it shows somebody that looks like they're wearing a dog mask, immediately afterwards. Like, their arms and stuff may not even be furry at that point. So that's one big difference. Another big difference is that, like, well, this movie just sucks. The script sucks. It's just cashing in. It was also made in 1985, year of the Uh (laughs) cash-in. Surprised it wasn't in 3D, to be honest. I feel like they were really just trying to take all these films and inject the 80s into them. This movie's got, like, this horrible New Age band that plays this song throughout. Oh, God, the song still runs through my head. Like
0: Pet Shop Boys, but awful.
1: I mean, they have a guitar, which is awesome. But in this film, I mean, it's really the best part of the movie, but it still sucks. And so, like, everybody's just wearing these ridiculous costumes that look like they got them off of Star Trek. Like, Sturba the Wolf Queen, for some reason, is decked out in, like... Some Mad Max Beyond Thunderdome, black and silver, weird pointed. Yeah, some bondage shit. Strange outfits. I'm like, but living in an old creepy castle in like Transylvania. Like, what the hell? Only in the 80s. She's got like frizzed up hair that's got like sparkles in it and stuff. She looks like she came out of an 80s rock video, but she's like a 900 year old queen. Doesn't make a damn bit of sense. Christopher Lee's in a nightclub wearing some white shades and like some pimp silk shirt. He's like 85 years old, even back then. He's like, <laughs> he doesn't fit there. The 80s sucked. No one that lives outside of the 80s likes the 80s. <laughs> <laughs> I, That's my opinion. I,
0: I'm afraid that one of these days this is going to be the representation of the 80s when people ask, what were the 80s like? Watch these movies. They'll be like, oh my God, what was wrong yeah. with people?
1: I'm going to leave with one of my favorite scenes. When they're trying to get into Sturba's castle, a wolf jumps out of the ground. He's in like the bushes and a dart. And Christopher Lee throws a holy hand grenade at it. And it really is a holy hand grenade. If you've ever seen Monty Python, it is the holy hand grenade. They might as well have had, like, God come down and just like a... He just makes this huge explosion. Don't know where he got it from. What about you?
0: Love the death of the little guy with his eyes popping out. Just fantastic.
1: Is it one where he's thrown out the window or the first one where he the dies? The first
0: one where he dies. Uh, okay, although he the dies window twice. the window is also pretty great. Um, <laughs> that's for me, is a really awesome scene.
1: I have also, when the main actor, he's going to go try and save his sister. He knows that Christopher Lee is going to, like, try and stab the corpse of his sister. And he's like, oh, it's disgusting. What's wrong with this dude? And so they go there, and she turns into a werewolf, of course, right before Christopher Lee gets to stab her and put her out of her misery. And so all of a sudden, he's just, like, blasting guns, and there's another werewolf that's in the same room with him. They run outside. And this werewolf falls and trips. And the, the guy, as he's running outside, he picks up what is very clearly a mop top. Mm-hmm. Like, it's, like, left by the janitor. And somehow, as he runs outside, this mop head turns into a net. <laughs> and he lightly drapes the net on top of the downed werewolf. Like, he just kind of places it on him. The werewolf's not moving. And he, like, moves another piece of it so it covers up, like, his ear or something. Mm-hmm. But it's not, like, trapping him at all. And then... Christopher Lee comes out, takes the net, and just, like, flings it to the side. Like, why even have that in the movie? The net did nothing.
0: It's it's just really terrible. I love that scene also, when he's just, like, shooting werewolves as they pop up, as he's deciding whether to stab her, and, and like, a like she's a vampire all of a sudden. And. Yeah,
1: exactly. I think they confuse werewolves with vampires in this movie a lot. Which, <laughs> yeah, there's, like, stakes through the heart, and there's all kinds of stuff, like, you know, they're, they're going into their crypts and finding them, and there's a lot of confusion going what's on.
0: Really funny though, and I'll tell you this I don't know if you've seen it, but Howling Three, the Marsupials filmed in Australia, is even worse. <laughs> it was the film that preceded Crocodile Dundee in Australia in terms of money making. <laughs>
1: <laughs> this is why you cannot let go of your properties. Right. If you're Joe Dante and you directed Howling One, you need to put that shit on lockdown. Yes, sir people will try to cash in and they will hire the hackiest, worst director. And that's what they did with all these series. Like, if you go to Return of the Living Dead and watch any of the other ones, all terrible. Do you have a favorite line? Oh, I'm not even doing a favorite oh, scene right. yet. Yeah, please keep going. One of the things about this movie is that it really takes the mythos of werewolves and just throws it out the window. One thing that they have to do is they have Regular werewolves, silver works just fine. But because it's the '80s and shit's got to be space age, if you really want to kill the the big werewolf, you need to kill him with titanium. Right. I just feel like that was just not thought out. there was like a like yeah, what's a cool sounding metal? Titanium, platinum. Um. So yeah, they would have that. So they're about to go raid the castle, and then Christopher Lee's like, oh, it's like the James Bond scene where he meets with Q, and Q shows him all the fancy new weapons. Yeah. <laughs> So then there like what are we gonna fight him with and you've got the normal stuff like axes and all these other weird things but then he gives him a prism I don't know what the prism's for I didn't even see it used in the movie <laughs> supposedly a prism kills werewolves then my favorite is he gives him wax earplugs which the wax earplugs are made from the quote sacred candles end quote I don't know what there's what's so sacred about them but in this movie, werewolves—if they scream at you or howl at you or whatever—they can blow your head yeah. off. So, so said wax earplugs fall out of the little guy's ears. I'm sorry, midget's not really politically correct, but uh, yeah, they fall out of his ears. He's like, "What happened?" He's like, "I lost my earplugs!" Oh my god, terrible thing! And then his head is exploded by Sturbo, and his eyes pop his eyes out. My it's on.
0: magnificent.
1: And my my favorite favoritey scene. There's this weird gypsy lady. They're going into this Transylvanian, Bulgarian, German wilderness, wherever it is, filmed in Czechoslovakia, that there's an old lady that's in the road, and they're they're really concerned for the three main characters, and they, they run up and they're like, how are you, how are you doing? And she's just giving them this really weird look. She has like a toothless kind of grin. And they ask her, so this will lead into the quotes, she's trying to say something, and the girl... Goes in closer, and all the old lady says is blah blah
0: blah 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 <laughs> blah 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 blah
1: like smiling the whole time. I love that. It was just and, and I quote. Yeah, and I quote blah 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 blah. <laughs> so, what are your favorite quotes, Chris?
0: Oh, okay, my favorite quote is uh, said by uh, Vlad. What about your mama? Oh, she only fucks dogs. I forgot that. <laughs> <laughs> I just I wrote that one down because I I couldn't stop chuckling at that line. It's pretty awful. Great put down. So I imagine if you were a werewolf, that would be an awful insult. So. Is there any other? No, that was it. That <laughs> 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 the only one that really stuck with me. Like that made me actually chuckle. I was I was trying really hard to ignore this movie because I hate it so much.
1: <laughs> I, I will say I did find a copy of the whole movie on YouTube. I actually did. But it has Howling 2 written in giant red letters on the bottom of the screen throughout the entire film. Not on Netflix. It's not on Amazon Instant. You can't rent it. You can't. I guess if you were on Netflix like the old style with the Mm -hmm. disc, then maybe you have some luck. It's not on Hulu. Um, you, you, I don't know. You can't find it anywhere. It's kind of like one of these lost It films, is a hard so movie to track down. It is. <laughs> Let's see. There's some trivia about this film that I think we should share. One of the things is that Christopher Lee, amazing actor, has been in tons of great monster films. The only reason he appeared in this movie was because he had never been in a werewolf movie. So, wrong choice on his part, I guess. Absolutely. Joe Dante, the director of the first movie, at, at some point, they worked together again, Christopher Lee and Joe Dante. And, and Christopher Lee apologized to Joe he's like look man I was in the part 2 of Howling I know that movie like ruined the Howling name I'm sorry and, and this is what I love too you can see it online also if you're on YouTube you can find like I said the, main, the lady that dies Karen at the end of the first film is not the same lady that dies in this film there's a scene where Christopher Lee's like I have the tape of your sister Karen dying on air right here I'll show you. If she turns into a werewolf, man, you got to believe me. She's a wolf. And the actress is completely different. It's really crappily done. You can watch them side by side. This one guy did a review on YouTube. Maybe I'll put a link up on the website. But it's amazing, the the difference in quality. It's just kind of a metaphor for the rest of the whole film, to be honest. Like, the first film's really well done. The transformation scene inside the newsroom's pretty neat. (laughs) I've got some drinking games. Nice. My first drinking game. Because of the quality of this movie, every time there's a transition from scenes, it's accompanied by a PowerPoint-styled wipe. And not and they don't stick to one kind of wipe, because that would be too amateur. <laughs> no. If you're a professional at movie making, what you want to do is you want to use as many different shapes of wipes as you possibly can between scenes. They have a star wipe, they have a windshield wiper wipe. Try to imagine what that looks like. They have a wipe that is like a box that goes from the inside out to the rest. They have a circle wipe. They also have a spiral wipe, like a seashell. They're just like... Like an old Batman wipe or something. You'll, You'll be drinking the whole film. Every time you hear the band babble, which is the new wave European band playing the song Howling... Drink. That that's throughout the whole film. Howling. Howling. (laughs) (laughs) It's the middle of the night. Blah 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 blah. It's a howling. Yeah, that plays throughout the whole film, over and over again. And then the best one of all, every time you see Sybil Danning's breast, drink. Oh
0: yeah. Oh, easily the best scene in the whole film. It's one of the few things that's actually gonna get this one points from me.
1: So there's this scene where the the werewolf queen, Sturba is really aroused by her wolf underlings like mating in a bed. She's not really mating, it's more just like biting at each other and having hair pasted on their bodies. And she rips her shirt off, and there are her breasts, and you know, she's a good looking lady. But, in the end, for the credits, the director's like, man, I gotta get people to stay through the credits or something. So they play the Howling song. And along with the beat of the song, they have all these different scenes from the film. They just keep repeating the scene of her ripping her shirt off and showing her boobs. Interspersed with reaction shots from various people and animals that are taken out of context in the film. Like there's an owl that perks its head up. The little guy's head that explodes. (laughs) His eyes pop out of his head when she takes her shirt off. Christopher Lee makes a weird gesture. It's done 16 times awesome people would never get away with making a movie like this ever today.
0: ever ever
1: so I guess the 80s were good for yes. something
0: yeah they give a lot of artists just licenses to do whatever the hell they want no matter how bad it was <laughs>
1: <laughs> the budget for this film was unknown I was never able to find out what it cost to make I looked and looked and looked could not have
0: been more than a couple million
1: if you know what it was please email movie squad at gmail.com I have no clue uh, the box office numbers again no clue what this movie made. Never able to figure that out. I don't know. What's your rating on this?
0: Oh, okay. So my rating, for special effects, it gets 2 out of 20. Um, pretty awful special effects. Plot, 1 out of 20. Acting, 1 out of 20. Replay value, 0 out of 20. Um, even though I've seen this a couple times, I, I really, if not for this show, I would never watch this movie again. <laughs> and for Lanyap, um Sybil Danning's uh, breasts get six out of twenty. They are magnificent. They're real. At one point, I don't know if she had them fake at uh, Another, because I mean, I mean, honest. I was like what eight when this movie came out, and I remember watching it, and I was just like, oh my god. And they were so they were so gross to me. But a couple years later down the road, I was like, oh my god, in a much different <laughs> yeah. way. Yeah, so that's totally. gonna give it ten out of a
1: hundred. It's gonna somehow it made it to double digits.
0: Yeah, her double digits <laughs> made it double digits.
1: <laughs> yeah, I'll be here all week. <laughs> so, I have a plus five for the holy hand grenade that Christopher Lee throws. <laughs> I have a plus six for the new implements of death that these guys distribute onto the werewolves the sacred candle wax, earplugs, the prisms, all that good stuff. I have a plus five for the old lady in the road scene, which where she just goes blah, 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 blah. Then I started taking away points later on. I took away points. The, the little guy after he dies the first time and his head explodes and his eyes pop out of his socket Sterbo kind of possesses him and he makes his way back to their hotel room where he finds Christopher Lee. And he he's dressed in, like, a weird clown outfit, and he's making baby noises. Oh, yeah. He's baby. Like, it's like a very bizarre, it's maybe supposed to be creepy, but it was just annoying to me. <laughs> Seeing if you ever watch Maria Bamford, she does this great baby voice, the voice of the baby Jesus. Oh, it's exactly the same as this weird clown's baby voice. Um, so yeah, that's a negative one. I gave it negative eight for changing silver to titanium. I think this is the dumbest shit ever. <laughs> it's just changing things for no fucking reason whatsoever. It touches a, a deep part of hatred in my body. <laughs> Then I have, but then it comes back, it gets a plus five for Christopher Lee wearing his pimp shirt and white shades in the nightclub, looking like a badass. Then it goes back down again, it gets a, it's up and down a lot. It gets a negative two because this film was banned in Finland. Now usually like banning would make it more B.A., right. but in this case, it's Finland and it makes it worse. <laughs> um, it gets a plus eight because it had four different titles. It's one of the few movies I've ever known to have four different names. It has a plus five for the fact that they just screw it and had a redhead play a blonde's character. Plus four for the fact that you can drink every time you see a wipe or listen to the band Babble play howling, which happens a lot. And then plus ten for Sybil Danning and her in the closing credit sequence, which is just so absurd and over the top. I have no idea. I think I'm glad it's there. I just have no idea how it got made. <laughs> I don't know what director or producer was like. Yep, that's great. Chug it. Do it. <laughs> altogether that gives it a 32% in my book nice. I don't know I think it's worth a watch that's because I like bad movies so what are you going to say cool. what are you going to do um, it's like the worst of werewolf movies.
0: It's, what's really cool is that uh, I looked into the director and he actually directs the next Howling 3 the Marsupials he produced yes. and then directs it but then he goes one further because he has like this 3 year run where, uh, <laughs> or 4 year run because 85 was Howling 2 then 87 is Howling 3 and then 89 he directs Communion which is the Alien movie based on the uh, the Schreiber novel that has uh, walking in it, Christopher Walken, right. which was also a pretty shitty, shitty movie. Alien.
1: The Aliens, they're coming. <laughs> <laughs> that, was a, that was a good Christopher Walking impression.
0: So, yeah, so... Um, I thought that was kind of interesting that they trusted this guy three times, and they're like, all right, we're done.
1: How do you see Howling 2 and 3 and then decide, like, okay, we can put him in charge of Christopher Walken, who at that point was a pretty good actor, and I guess has always been a good actor, but at that point he'd been doing a lot of good things.
0: Uh, here's interesting trivia for you. Vasili, the dwarf, the movie mm-hmm. he filmed right before this movie was freaking Amadeus. Wow. Why? How do you go from such a highly ranked movie like Amadeus to this? Man...
1: Dwarf's got to eat. I
0: guess he does.
1: <laughs> Alright, so that's our first Halloween podcast.
0: I'm excited to do part two. Uh, I think we're going to divulge into remakes we're gonna talk about some history of horror go through some decades and see how um, what scared us then compared to what scares us now I think we got some good ideas for that I loved watching these two movies and, and bullshitting with you about
1: them I don't know if we're gonna actually do another movie but we're more than you have no idea I'm gonna I'm, I'm set to tantalize the audience honestly the movie that we're gonna review next time is called Deadly Hands of Kung Fu oh. it was released in 1977 I'm gonna read the plot summary from IMDb it's one of the brief- Bruceploitation films that were made to cash in on Bruce Lee after his death. The story follows Bruce Lee after he dies and ends up in hell. Once there, he does the logical thing and opens a gym. After fending off the advances of the king of hell, his naked wives, he discovers that the most evil people in hell are attempting a takeover. So Bruce sets out to stop it. As if it weren't weird enough, the evil people are Sadoichi, the blind swordsman from Japanese films, James Bond, the godfather, The Exorcist, which has now become a person, I guess. Emmanuel, the heroine of many European softcore porn (laughs) films. Dracula, and of course, Clint Eastwood, who's played by a Chinese guy. Aiding Bruce in this quest is the one-armed swordsman. Kane from the U.S. TV series Kung Fu, actually played by a Chinese guy this time. And Popeye the Sailor Man. Yes, Popeye the Sailor Man. He eats spinach and helps Bruce fight some mummies. Fantastic. I want to give a shout out to, a, I don't know if he's a listener of the show, but he is a friend named Justin, and he came up with this film. He he opened my eyes to it. Thank you very much for that, because it's going to be fan-frickin-tastic.
0: Uh, yeah, thank you. I cannot, I am shivering with anticipation to watch this movie.
1: So there you go. Next episode of your special Halloween Part 2 episode will be that. And a talk of like terrible remakes in honor of Carrie. We yeah. off. So let's close it All out.
0: Alright. Close <laughs> well, it out. One, two, three. You got the chance! You got Yeah! yeah. yeah. <laughs> Good,
1: night. Good night. Good night, folks.